Hi everyone, welcome to episode 4 of my podcast series. Um, I have a guest here with me. I've known this guy since um, the elementary school days and it's been about 13 years now. <laughs> I actually moved into um, or transferred into his elementary school uh, in Burnaby North area. And yeah, um, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Yeah, it's been a hot minute with uh, Vincent here. Um, all the way from grade seven, I guess. And now we're 20, 25. Yeah. We're old now. Yeah. And we're, so, we're like, uh, for some reason, we're in the same city as well. Yeah. And uh, I'm Leslie. And uh, now I work with Vincent at Amazon. Interesting <laughs> times. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people work at Amazon, but it's, it's crazy how, like, I think over the years, um, you know, there are moments where we uh, were kind of like very in sync, like, and I feel like just somehow we stay constantly being connected, um, whether it's like our certain friend groups over the years. And um, yeah, no, like I, I freaking love like hanging out with Leslie. We had some pretty interesting memories and stories to share all the way starting <laughs> from grade seven. So, so oh boy. as I kind of mentioned, um, I transferred into um, his elementary school, Lockdown Elementary, uh, back in like 07, area 08. And um, I don't really remember like the very first encounter we've ever had, but I do remember like um, we were in the same elementary school class with the teacher, uh, Miss Perez. And one of the most, I guess, interesting things about um, that elementary school that was very unique was uh, every lunchtime, we would always play a game called Manhunt. Like literally, oh like, yeah! Every like, <laughs> oh, I, I don't know why we we did that for the full year, and but it was, no, it was super, super fun though. Yeah, no, it was, it was super fun. Um, but it's it was very different from like my previous elementary school experience because um, I guess um, like the classes that I I was in before in previous schools, uh, we never really had like I guess a large group of people that did like a same activity during lunch. So it was, it was actually like great to see and everyone was extremely welcoming. Um, a lot of the people in our uh, elementary school, we still became very close friends um, in high school. And even though we kind of branched off um, in university, we still like keep in touch and we still stay very connected. Um, you know, just to drop some names out there, you know, Daniel, I still talk to him a few times. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it's it's been a, interesting time but for you leslie like i'm kind of curious um uh were you like born in china and i i remember i have definitely like asked you over the years but um i guess just for like the audience um have you always i guess lived in like the burnaby north area um when you, your family immigrated here um yeah so i guess like a lot of our friends uh came from asia were born there but i was i was actually born here and went to kindergarten here pretty much so i've been here like all my life and yeah has it always been at the Burnaby north area like have you like moved around like where you used to be in like metrotown or anything uh i was in like vancouver or something but that was like before i could even remember like before even kindergarten so okay yeah i've been pretty much in Burnaby. but you you have an older sister right and i'm assuming she was probably born in china somewhere no, I think like my parents came pretty early, like way before we were both born. I think like oh, my sister was in the womb when they immigrated, so she clutched and was born here. Oh, dude! Wow, that's uh, 
Man, you're, yeah. you're going to get a green card before any of us. I'm like so jealous oh, sure. right now. But Dude, yo, Trump is suspending the H-1B. That's that, that's not happening. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, oh, that actually like that's actually like very interesting. But I do I do remember us talking and we're kind of from like the same area, right? Um, like because we speak Cantonese. Mm-hmm. Dude, um, we're like uh, five bucks apart, man. Yeah, yeah. And um, yo, we're five bucks apart. We went to the same elementary school. We went to the same high school, same university. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And no. we're like working like a couple blocks from each other in a different city. We're just kind of. <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh yeah. If you, if you like put it that way, yeah, we've actually just been like super close <laughs> by, um, our whole life. But um, I, I'm kind of curious. Like, so your parents, um, uh, I like you know when they like uh when they immigrated here, like did they study um did they like study English and stuff here, um in Vancouver or did they kind of just like started working, um and um. I mean, if you want to share, like, uh, I, I don't even, like, know what your parents do um, for a living. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's not, like, a topic that's uh, really much spoken about. But, like, mm-hmm. my parents are, um, I guess, they're labor workers. And um, they came from, um, like, I guess, like, a rural area in China. Mm-hmm. It's not much, like, pretty much pretty much a village. Like, yeah. I, um, I think it was, like, eight years back or something um i actually visited their hometown and it's like literally a farming village yeah that's and the thing they came from there and the thing they came from there immigrated here and started a new life is kind of surprising and at the same time their sort of level of education they didn't go to university like our other friends say like david or whatever um and we i guess like that's what i thought other people had as well like other people's parents who immigrated they were just like i don't know labor workers because i'm assuming not everyone had an education back then or was privileged enough to get an education um yeah i I, I would say like uh very similarly like my um my mom grew up in the city of like guangzhou but my dad like he grew up in like a rural area. Um, literally, his city's like had like a mountain in, his, in its name, right? Uh, back in China, and um, yeah, I, I would say like, uh, like in in that neighborhood we grew up in, um, there's a lot of immigrants there. But it's like we're kind of more like the low, like middle class area of uh, immigrants. So it's mainly because even if like uh, some of our parents had a education in China, it was like just not transferable um to like western culture or like the western um, environment so yeah even though like my parents studied something in china like they came here and they were essentially uh labor workers right very typical immigrant jobs my mom became like an accountant and my dad um essentially was a electrician um and he wait do you do you got the like accountant is not labor working is it well, it's it's kind of like a minimum. It's like wage. office job. Yeah. yeah, well, it's like a minimum wage job type of deal. Um, so like we weren't like super wealthy growing up or anything. Um, yeah, and um, oh, that's actually like really interesting to hear. It's something that yeah, again, we we don't really talk about just as friends and stuff. But um, yeah, it's kind of like uh, I guess growing up, you essentially went to Lockdale Elementary your full like elementary years, right? Yeah, exactly. So pretty, pretty stable movement. No, not much moving around. So, so you've and, actually like you know, known a lot of like the guys, you know, like, um, you know, Stephen Huang and stuff for a very long time. 
Yeah, I mean, those guys were genius. Like, I've known them. Uh, I wouldn't say I was, like, too particularly close to anyone. We hung out a lot, but it wasn't, like, uh, super deep talks or anything. We, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're like, we're, kids in elementary. Like, why yeah, would we're kids we, in elementary. Like, why There's nothing deep to talk about, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I, I guess, like, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Like, I guess throughout elementary school, did your parents ever put you through, like, you know typical asian stuff like do you like play the piano at one point or um have like english tutors or um kind of was forced to like do band or something uh when you were at lockdale uh honestly fortunately uh not mm -hmm. i think oh. that my sister had to play the piano but um in contrast uh like i was signed up for a lot of like sport events um so I signed up for like a lot of skating and swimming. So a oh, lot yeah. of like more activity based instead of like Yeah. Like the typical arts, know. right? Like the creative arts. Arts. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, I thought that was a good change. I always enjoyed those sessions. I, I mean I, I've and... always known you as like the very athletic type, right? And and we'll definitely like go into that area when we're kinda of like more into high school days. But um Yeah, no, I, I remember Grade seven was uh, for me a breath of fresh air because I I came from uh, elementary schools in, near like the Burnaby South area where um, I would say um, like the Asian population wasn't very like there wasn't uh, a lot of us and it was it was really hard to be like relatable because um, you would constantly kind of yeah. hear like a bit of like minor remarks about certain things you do. Like, for instance, um, growing up, like, um, I went by my Chinese name, which was uh, EC. And, yeah, like, especially if you didn't yeah. grow up in, like, a Asian-dominant environment, uh, you know, like, it wasn't as comfortable. And definitely, like, you know, Lockdale Elementary and, like, the Burby North area, you guys were super welcoming since, like, day one. And the fact that, you know, there, there was always a constant big group of people you hung out with during lunch and also in high school where a lot of like the events we would plan because it's someone's birthday or even some like our friend who would like host events and stuff there'd always be like 12 people there or like 10 plus people and it's super, yeah, it's super inclusive and I, inclusive yeah i think it's super interesting you say that like mm, especially the racism i was like fortunate enough not to experience that just because like I'd say like in Lockdale, what, like 50% of the people are Asians. And then if you go to North, it's like 90% of the people are Asians. Yeah. So if you were an Asian, you were a minority. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I unfortunately never felt the racism. Yeah, yeah. And, and definitely speaking to some of like our mutual friends, especially uh, the ones who grew up in America, like they grew up in a very different um, environment. But yeah, let, let's go into um, kind of like the Burnaby North area. Um, so I would say like it was, it was pretty standard, you know, grade eight and nine. Uh, I I remember feeling very comfortable. I think we still hung around the same, like elementary school friends, right? We would all constantly eat, at like we would constantly <laughs> have two tables in like the Burnaby North cafeteria, and um, oh, yeah. overall, like over like grade eight and grade nine, what started off as like that whole Lockdale group, like we like expanded, right, to include people from like Sperling, like Capitol Hill, you know, David's crew and stuff like that. And it just became like, mm -hmm. yeah, like just a lot of people. But we still kind of did the same stuff um, after school, which was essentially like 
we would have like a rotation of video games to play and um i yeah and essentially <laughs> i think like one of the biggest games back in our high school days was league of legends which we still play oh, now no. <laughs> and um yeah i, I mean I, I i think you were definitely in and out when it comes to like the whole video games area area of things but um you were definitely there when we were playing league of legends right oh yeah i was i mean like i think you guys started off really early and mm -hmm. then tried to get into it and i just couldn't i feel like there's like a high barrier to entry for league of legends you gotta play for a long time before yeah you know everything starts clicking what and then your... you try to make plays um yeah so i guess like what were your um kind of primary activities you did in like great and uh, besides kind of just like a bunch of us going to like Natchum's place to play like halo or something <laughs> over the weekends because we did that a lot you know what i mean um, yeah i mean like yeah, I mean, I, like, uh, at least all throughout high school and especially the early grades, I like every single weekday I did um, Taekwondo actually. And on the s volleyball seasons, I was just doing volleyball practice. So sometimes I, I did like, I don't know, four, five hours of like physical activities a day. And it was like a really fun time. Oh, I, I didn't know you started at such a young age. I, I thought you did Taekwondo actually, like, post-high school. Um, yeah. No, actually, like, I was already, like, quitting after high school. I want, Like, I was focusing on my university studies. But, yeah, starting from grade 8, it was all Taekwondo. And I was pretty, I was really passionate about that. And I, you know, I was practicing a lot for volleyball. And so we tried I mean, to get into swimming as well. Like, I, I'm not really sure, like, the structure of Taekwondo, but, like, do you have to, like, constantly, I guess, um, train and then, I guess, do, like, assessments to, I guess, get to, like, the next level in terms of, like, the whole, like, belt system? Or is that, like, a bit different in um, that Taekwondo? Like, yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly what it is. So, um, to rank up in Taekwondo, you pretty much have to do formations. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much just, like, it's called Pumse, but... Um, you just walk around in patterns pretty much and you, you gotta memorize those and tests comes like i'd say once every quarter or something once every season okay i see and yeah i, I mean um i i definitely think like you know when it comes to leslie back in high school dude this guy was like a volleyball god like he he makes haiku look like fucking nothing man like i remember um oh, and I, again i i love to like hear your story around this so um, you started volleyball off essentially playing for a high school, right? Like, um, you know, you passed through like the tryouts and stuff. Do you remember like what position and stuff you played back for, like for our high school? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's actually a funny thing you say that uh, I'm very good at volleyball and it's very humbling to hear. Um, I'll have to say that I was, I was actually terrible at volleyball all throughout high school and um i mean like i started as a middle player in grade eight um yeah. i think in grade 10 or something i switched to a libero mm -hmm. and then um grade 11 and 12 i was i played a power position yeah no it, and it, uh for all you americans um power is our uh, left side oh, um, oh is it different down here i i, I have no idea yeah touch volleyball. well when i was playing volleyball down here they, they uh refer to different positions so i don't even know man but like I was actually benched for like probably the first four years of university, honestly. 
Oh, okay. I was not that good. Dude, uh, I was not that good at all. No, dude, when, when you mentioned, like, um, you know, like, I guess, like, your experience, like, playing volleyball, I always remember this really funny story and moment. And it was, like, <laughs> I, I remember, like, I think it was, like, grade 10 or something like that. Because I think grade 8 and 9 volleyball, um, there was no trials, right? Like, you don't, you don't, you can, like, anyone can just participate, maybe. But I remember yeah. we used to, like, make fun of one of our friends um his name is like melvin wong i haven't spoken to him in years but he would he would get like the most improved player award or something uh when he was playing <laughs> volleyball and then we're and obviously like you know like we would like like nag on him because it's like the most improved player it means like he sucked ass <laughs> you know what I mean? dude i don't even freaking remember that that must have been grade eight or something like yeah i know super funny um yeah, I don't know, man. Like, there there were actually trials, I think, starting grade 9 or 10 or something, just because there was a lot of interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I, yeah, I, I, somehow somehow I clutched it and got in, but I was always uh, on the bench. And I I pretty much was benched for, like, four years. I was, like, pretty tenacious. I don't know why. Maybe it was just a frustration or something. I kept joining just to get, like, benched and to watch people play. But... I was always there for practice, man. It was a it was a good time. I was no, definitely a lot better in Taekwondo. Yeah, but, but the thing was like like it, like when you say that, like sure, like you, you participate in like our high school volleyball team, man. But I, I remember in grade, I think ten or eleven onwards, like you joined like a club volleyball, right? Yeah, it's it's actually like a <laughs> like like what was that process, like... and, and like why did you uh, why did you do that? Like I, I'm just kind of curious, like how did you randomly like wake up one day and was like, you know what? Even though I'm on the bench for um, my high school team, I'm gonna try out for this club volleyball thing. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I think uh, along with uh, just everyone else, um, people just wanted to get better at volleyball off season, and like club volleyball was just a way to do that, and it was a way to play on like another level i guess everyone was more serious because it was pretty much their own money and time at this point or not their own money but their parents money (laughs) and time yeah (laughs) so i mean like it it was definitely was a fun time everyone was a lot more passionate because those who played club right were a little more committed no for sure so it was yeah it was just like um a gathering of people with passions i think and yeah and i think you definitely gained um I mean, you definitely became like really good, right? Like eventually. So I, I guess like, yeah, I in, in terms of like academics or in extracurriculars, you were mainly focused on volleyball, uh, especially in the later high school years. You'd come home, we'd play league for uh, way too long. <laughs> like, yeah, it was not healthy back then. Um, I, oh, yeah. I mean, right now it's still not healthy, but you know, it is what it is sometimes. You have phases. Um, and, um, in grade 12, let's, let's talk a bit about, um, kind of your preparation and your thought process when it comes to applying for universities. Cause I mean, I obviously knew where you ended up with, but yeah, what was your, um, I guess like, what was your thought process? Like, do you know, you kind of wanted to stay locally? Was that always been the type of decision? Did you ever apply to like the Toronto area and, uh, why did you choose, um like the major or the like the area that you wanted to get into Mm, yeah uh, i mean like i think that um coming out of like coming out of school people a lot of people have like different aspirations on where to go or have like a like i don't know set place they want to go and 
I, I was pretty much set locally, I guess. Um, it was either like SFU or UBC mm-hmm. or even Longara, to be honest. Like, if I didn't get to SFU, I would have gone to Longara. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really like there wasn't really a choice to go abroad. And, and it's a lot because of the expenses. You would have to pay for like housing as well. And that just doubles the tuition. Yeah. It just seemed kind of pointless. Like there, there really was no point. And honestly, like the interesting thing was, um, my parents thought that I couldn't get into UBC, so I, I they got a house near SFU. <laughs> I, I <remember laughs> so that. they got a house near SFU, and um, uh, so, somehow I got to UBC. Right, and I ended up uh, transiting like, like round trip three hours every day just to get to class, which is kind of like. Yeah, it's extremely <laughs> yeah. So um, you 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 essentially chose UBC sciences, right? And I oh my god, I remember so many conversations, um, like it was just funny moments or interactions with your family. Like I like I I've like throughout high school, I've I've actually came over like, quite a few times. I remember just for like, yeah. random shit, right? Like whether it was like looking at like the cool new computer you built, right? Which is like super like top techy nerdy stuff back then. Oh yeah. Um, and then uh, I remember. I think it was grade 11 or 12 you hosted this like Halloween party and I would always remember this because uh, Jason Zhao oh, yeah, would I still point that. a oh, fire, like a fireworks into your tree and we all thought like we were going to burn down the neighborhood. <laughs> Dude, no, I think that was, that was Jesse. Jesse oh, threw okay, one of those uh, okay, yeah. uh, Desmin- Tasmanian devils or something in the tree. So it spanned at the bottom of like a freaking shrub tree and yeah. it started going on fire. And then um, Stephen with the, with his uh, alpha ass came in with a freaking hose and hosed down the whole tree. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah, and uh, I remember like definitely like talking to your um, parents, um, especially like in grade twelve, like after we all got like accepted and stuff. Um, I, uh, for some reason, uh, like so, I guess uh, to preface this uh, specific event, uh, we had like a pretty close like social friend um back then his name is like colin and uh for some reason uh out of nowhere like he moved schools but uh he kind of like messaged us and was like hey do you guys want to do like a grad trip right it was a like, kind of like out of nowhere um i remember it was like us three at first but we needed like the fourth so we added natchum <laughs> uh, along with it and essentially after high school graduation uh we like planned a um kind of trip to dominican republic for i think a few days i think like four or five days or something like that and i remember um meeting your dad um and we had like a conversation where your dad was like uh we were at like the i guess the vacation or i don't know i don't even know what you call those but like one of those stores like where they give you like pamphlets in chinatown on yeah. like what type of vacation bundles you guys can go on um yeah <laughs> and i remember your dad sitting down with me he was just kind of curious like oh you know what uh university are you going to and i was like oh i'm going to waterloo because that's what i accepted back then it was like june and mm-hmm. even in like my like all my yearbooks like my like high school yearbook uh for our graduating year um all of like the comments were like oh you know good luck at waterloo stuff like that and yeah. I, <laughs> and i remember uh, your dad was like he like turned to you, you know, very typical agent. He's like, "Man, look at your friend, so smart, man. Like, you're just going to like UBC or something." <laughs> I just started laughing. I remember that. Like, yeah, I, I, 
I remember um, that interaction with your dad. But um, anyways. Yeah, a long time back. So um, one of my favorite trips and uh, memorable trips was us four going to Dominican Republic. Like we have so many pictures on like Facebook and stuff related to this trip. Mm. Yeah, I remember that trip very well too. Yeah, well, I, I think it's because, at least for me, it was it was a really good experience because um, I've never, like, traveled alone with friends um, until that trip, right? Like, we were all, like, sheltered, mm-hmm. like, high school kids. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we never, like, you know, took flights, like, just because we could because, first of all, we didn't really have money. And second of all, well, I mean, uh, it's, it could get a bit dangerous. But anyways, it was us four, and it, it was a all-inclusive resort in the Dominican Republic. And uh, yeah, we we all went down there, and I remember, like, we just did like a lot of stupid shit down there. Like, um, I so I think the legal drinking age was eighteen back then. I think all of us were like eighteen or so. So um, because it was an all inclusive resort, they gave us like unlimited, like um, unlimited drinks. And I remember yeah. uh, one night we thought it'd be really fun to get wasted because that's what cool kids do i guess or that's what we think like university kids do and uh we were playing big two and every time like someone passes we'd have to like take a shot and i remember uh we got fought like one of those nights and but i also remember you drank the most out of all of us and you were completely fine for some reason Oh yeah, I, I I don't know what happened, man. I think it was just the Dominican. Maybe maybe they watered down my shots or something. I don't know, man. Like to this day, you still tell this story yeah, to people, I still and I'm tell like, the thanks, story. man. Because yeah, thanks for hyping me up, but like, yeah, because everyone um, thinks I can't drink at all. I, I guess like, <laughs> you know, I get wasted after like two shots or something. Like, I think uh, your time at SAP, right? Uh, I remember I was, I was I was telling like some of my friends. I'm like, oh, dude. Uh, like one of my friends, he just got um, an internship at SAP. He'll be he'll do like an overlap co-op with you guys, right? I think like um, I would tell him, dude, this guy could drink, man. I remember when we were in Dominican, dude, he like owned all of us. And then I think like I think Clarence or like Jack and stuff. Yeah, it was Clarence. Yeah, Clarence was like, oh, dude, we were at like the same SAP party, and this guy got destroyed, man. Like, are you sure yeah, this guy could drink? <laughs> Dude, I got destroyed, man. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, um, uh, yeah, a- along with that trip, we did a lot of cool, funny stuff. I remember uh, Colin, he got stung by a jellyfish. Um, I remember we met some pretty sketchy people that tried to sell us some very sketchy stuff. Like, they tried Mama to... Juana? Yeah. Oh, my God, yes. That's what it was called. So, it was like... Um, <laughs> aphrodisiac? It's supposed to be an aphrodisiac, um... And there's like a log in the bottle. I still have it, by the way. Um, back up. I still have it too. I, I've never drank it though, but I still have it. Um, uh, yeah, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I know. Like, if you buy this, it's like an aphrodisiac." So all, I think all of us bought a bottle as like a souvenir. But um, dude, I still, I still got a, I still got a, what do you call it? A bottle opener uh, in the shape of a dick, like a wooden, wooden bottle opener <laughs> in the shape of a dick. I still have that shit. Yeah, I, I think I, I got caught at the border and they were like, what the hell is this? Oh my god, so there's such there's a, a wooden... fun, There's such a funny story. I remember this so <laughs> on our so okay, the the joke was like we were looking for gifts. Or I mean we were just kinda like window shopping um at like a gift shop like across the street from our resort. And it was owned by like a Taiwanese people. And I remember um we've kind of found these um, bottle openers that were like wooden and they were shaped as a dick and I think Colin was like 
oh, it'll be super funny if like uh, we bought this as a gift for like Sammy or something <laughs> like that. So, uh, but it was like cheaper if it if you bought two or something. So yeah, for some reason we bought two. Anyways, very immature. We thought it'd be super funny, and then um, on our way back to Canada at the Toronto border, because um, we had to transfer from the Toronto border. We all went through like the border completely fine, but we kind of like looked back and we were like waiting for Leslie. <laughs> and then uh, I, I think it's because uh, one of the questions for the border is like, did you bring any wooden products? Yeah. Right. Uh, like back. Yo, I had to say yes, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, I think like, I mean, generally you, you check no for everything. Cause if you check yes, they're going to ask you questions, but obviously we were kids. We didn't know. It's like our first time traveling without parents. Um, but anyways, so yeah, we, we put it in like Leslie's luggage and he, I guess he checked yes. And the guy was asking him like, what is this wooden product? Like what that you brought back? And you're like, I remember you saying it's like, oh, it's like a wooden doll. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, luckily, you know, I think like he gave you like a warning. We were fine, but, uh, it would have been pretty embarrassing if like he searched through like your luggage case and it was just like two wooden like yo it's like a brown giant wooden penis yeah dude um that was some great times man okay so yeah let's let's fast forward a bit to um our university days so um you went to ubc and i think as you said um uh some of us we were pretty fortunate to stay on campus but you decided to commute right because it was more cost effective or cost efficient Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how was your uh, first year, a uh, university experience like? I I do know we, uh, I mean, just because we had such a big high school group, a lot of us went to that same university, and it to an extent yeah. it felt pretty comfortable, right? But I guess in first year, um, I think for you it was kind of just mainly studying, right? Because I remember all the science kids back then, it was mainly about the grind for them. Yeah, I mean, like, typical, you know, UBC science kids, right? Like, they're all gunning for med school. And, you know, I was one of one of those kids, I guess. Yeah, I, I definitely Trying remember, hard to get to med school. Like, I remember back then, talking to you in first year university, you were still very unsure, right, about what, um, I guess, like, what to major in or specialize in in your second year. And I, I definitely remember hearing that, you know, pre-med was uh, one of the things you were pursuing back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, <laughs> along with, like, probably 90% of UBC science, but, yeah, I was, and I wasn't sure, like, what specialization to go into, but I was sure that I wanted to go to med, like. Okay, so, and... um, so uh, what was your major that you declared uh, for sciences in your second year? I think it was chemistry, I... right? Yeah, yeah, it was chemistry. Like, I don't know, my mentality going in. Actually, first year, I didn't even do too well. Like, I I was like, I don't know. I probably had like a 75% average or something. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely not good enough to get into med school. Yeah, I, and I, I definitely my thought process was... I, I mean, not not just like yourself, but a lot of like our mutual friends um, back then. Like, you you slowly come to like that sudden realization, right? After like your first and second year marks that it's like even if you scored like a hundred percent and everything else, it's very unlikely. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I was pretty much like, mm, like, yeah, I could go to an easier major for me, like biology where 
uh, I could utilize like memorizing a little more. But uh, my thought process was like, um, you know, if I can do chemistry, which is a little more like logic puzzles and sort of reasoning and do well in it, along with all the labs, then maybe I could do well in med school if I excelled in the chemistry year. But if I didn't, then like, even if I got into med school by like some luck of the draw, I wouldn't even do well there. So there would be no point in being a doctor. So that was kind of my reasoning. And, you know, during second year, like, it was, it was kind of rough, man. Like, there were like three labs per semester. And um, like pre-lab took four hours for me, post-lab took another four hours. And it literally just took up all my time. Yeah, I could barely I, sleep. And, I, I yeah. also remember like um, during this time, you still, I think, was pretty consistent with like, you know, volleyball as like a sport, like a recreational sport for you. But also, no. You, oh, was it not? Like, not? Not at all. I was like, once university started, like I, I didn't do any activities, like for better, or for worse. I think like, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of... Um, I, I definitely remember catching up with you um, time to time. And I remember there were occasions where you were like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about um, joining the army or something like that. And I remember sometimes it was like, oh, yeah, I was I was like working at Harry Rosen for like as a part time job. And I was like, whoa, what the hell? Like, it's just so <laughs> different. Like, you remember those days, right? That was that was like after. Second year, that was like third year or something oh, already. Okay. So this is already after the transition, like. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Let, let, I guess. Um. Yeah. I guess in terms of like your first year, um. I mean, you you didn't like stay on campus and you were pursuing pre med. Second year, I think. Uh, similarly, you know, because of your huge workload and chemistry, but also second year, um, you didn't live with your parents anymore, right? It was like your first time moving out, and you were living with our friends, like Sunny and yeah. Uh, Sunny and Carson. Yeah, so how was that experience? Because yeah, like, I was actually supposed to be part of that group, I think, initially. Yeah, you were. Where, where it was like us four, and we were just yeah. like rent like a dumb basement somewhere in like Kitsilano, and we would like. Oh, yeah, whoever was committed. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, it was, it was, um, it was interesting times. Like, I mean, like, I wouldn't trade that for anything. It's, um, <laughs> looking back on it now, I mean, like, we did it to pretty much split the rent. Um, I think it was like, maybe like $800 for Carson because he got like the main room. And then um, me and Sunny pretty much shared a room for like $600 each or something. Damn, was it, uh, it was for so, the full year, like the full semester? Yeah, it was gonna be for the full, I guess like full uh, school year. So like eight months or so. Yeah, it really sucked because um, I really want to visit you guys. I, I've actually never been there by the way. Um, Cause I think, uh, yeah, during this time, I was also, like, very, I guess, focused on, like, kind of doing my own shit. Um, and also very stressed um, during my second year. But I really want to visit you guys. But I would hear stories from, like, Carson and Sunny constantly about <laughs> the time you guys were living together. And it, it just sounded so funny. And, like, I mean, um, like, like Sunny's, like, a pretty self-aware person. So every time I, like, brought up to, like, this point in life he's like oh yeah dude i'm like super fucking messy and like i think <laughs> carson and leslie was like not having it and i think he eventually uh you thought he was like too loud so he like moved to the living room <laughs> or, no, oh yeah i mean room, like right i i moved to the living room i mean like 
I was like, dude, just like get in the room and then like close the door so I could so like no one can hear you or anything, no one else can hear you. And then um Yeah, I don't know, he was he was very loud. I mean like I like it was kind of like I don't think he it was as bad as he made it out to be. Like it was an annoyance, but also like Oh yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I'm all three of you guys, like, whenever, like, you guys talk about this time, it's kind of just, like, you look back and it's, like, funny, right? It's not, like, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't any, like, hard feelings or anything. Um, yeah, but I, I remember just, just, like, minor stories, like, oh yeah, no one would take out the trash, or, like, you know, it's, like, typical. Oh like, yeah, I think that was also, like, a communication issue, man. I mean, like, we never <laughs> set any boundaries either, and it's our, like, it's my first time with living with, like, other people, and, like, yeah, no, it's, I mean, like, yeah, looking back now, I mean, like, we're, uh, like, I, I'm assuming we're a little more adultish, and I think we could at least, like, speak our minds kind of thing, right? Like, before, yeah, yeah. we didn't we did even tell each other what we thought kind of thing, right? It's just, we just lived together. Yeah, no, it, it's, because it, it sounds like one of those, like, very stereotypical, like, oh, you know, like, living with friends story, but didn't realize there were so many, like, little things that comes with, like, living with other people because it's kind of, like, your first time. But it, it just was, like, one of those yeah. very, like, stereotypical, you know. Dude, so many, like, first times for us. I mean, like, we had, uh, I mean, like, our typical gift was, like, a freaking cactus. Yeah. And, like, not three weeks in, right? Like, a cactus are, cra- cactuses are pretty much unkillable, right? <laughs> and the cactus, like, died, right? Oh shit! <laughs> like, we we pulled the cactus out. It was just rotting on the bottom. I think we overwatered it or something. I don't know, man. I don't know how to raise cactuses. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> yo, we, I, honestly, we didn't interact like that much. I think, as even like you tried to like you want to visit us, but you can't. I think it was like the same for us. Like we want to hang out with each other, but like we have like our own stuff on our own plates. Like we could see each other every day, but like it's very hard to get time out of our schedule to. Yeah, to just like hang out with each other. I mean, like Carson, right? He was extremely busy with his um, dance group that he was building, right? And then also, oh, yeah. uh, he was also going for pre med, um, and I would say like second year was a huge grind for him. I remember Sunny being really stressed about getting to pharmacy in his first and second year, um, just casually yeah. speaking with him. So yeah, all all three, like I mean, I think all of us were just very like busy doing our own thing. Um, I'm just like very, very fortunately, like at the end of the year, Sunny got in and I was actually like there for that moment when he saw the letter and I was like so proud of him, so proud of him. Oh yeah, I, I remember even first year, like uh, I would, I remember I would see him in like the totem commons because we lived on campus and he was like downing Red Bulls to like study and I was like, dude, this is not healthy. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, not sustainable at all. No, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny, a funny story though. Like, yeah. Um, like I couldn't get like good haircuts around the area because I I don't know like I guess like there's there's not a lot of um Asian customers in their uh, I think right? in their neighborhood yeah Kitsilano so like I always got like weird ass haircuts that made my side really like um flared up mm-hmm. typical like Asian hair mm-hmm. and um uh, one day I got sick of it and just bought a pair of clippers <laughs> and I was trying to like. I was gonna start cutting my hair, and then um, Carson, Carson saw me. I was like, "Oh, dude, I could help you." And like knowing Carson, I'm like, "Dude, this guy is like clean as fuck. Like, oh, yeah, he's extremely. He, he looks put together. Yeah, exactly. he, he's super fashionable and everything." I'm yeah. like, "Dude, I trust you. I trust you, man, with my hair." And then uh, I let him go at it, and I was like, "Hmm, 
a look, like I'm looking at it, it looks a little lopsided, and then he tries to fix it on the other side, <laughs> and he cuts off more hair. <laughs> and at the end, he's like, when he's done with it, I look in the mirror, I'm like, fuck, this is so lopsided. Like, I was supposed to get a fade, but like the fade went up to like my crown, pretty much the like top of my head. Yeah. Dude, it was yeah. it was like it was fucked, and it uh, it was like a, there was no fade, man. It was just like a straight. <laughs> yeah, I guess we didn't know how to cut hair. We should have watched a video or something. I was like, uh, it's it's okay, right? And, and Crescent was like, it's okay. And then Sunny Sunny came home and he was like, what the fuck happened to your hair, dude? <laughs> <laughs> dude, I was like, what the fuck, dude? Is it that obvious? He's like, no, 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 no. And he, he just walks away. I was like, dude, is it that obvious? And he's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day I went to class, right? Thinking it was like, you know, it's not too bad, right? Like I could just like pull it off as like a bad hair day. And then everyone was like, what the fuck happened to your hair? Super funny. <laughs> All my chemistry classmates, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I know. It sounds super funny. No, because like Carson's actually been cutting his own hair, I think, for a very long time. But he, he kind of just like snips like a bit of his bangs, you know what I mean? But I, I think like a fade yeah. is like very different, right? Like, um, yeah. So, okay, so we didn't so, have the technology. So I guess um, second year, you're, you know, grinding, poor, typical science student lifestyle. Um, I want to ask, like, when was that kind of specific moment you were more or less kind of like, okay, this isn't really cutting it. Hmm. What about computer science? <laughs> or like, what about switching majors? Oh, actually, uh, interesting thought. Like, I, I still didn't know kind of what I wanted to do. Like, um... Well, the, well, the turning point exactly is when um, I pretty much went to an organic uh, chemistry exam and pretty much got my results, and it was like a 60, 66 or something. Yeah. And that was literally the class I gave my all, and I pretty much spent all my hours trying to study for, and I pretty much just got demolished. It was like my second semester. Yeah. Uh, organic chemistry class, and that kind of just crushed me. I think the midterm was with like. I don't know, a third of the grade or something. So it was pretty significant. And along with everything else, I just realized like, you know, like um, it came to pretty much the agreement I had before going to chemistry that like, you know, if I don't do well in chemistry, then, you know, my med school dream is over. Mm -hmm. It was pretty much just cutting my losses at that point. And, you know, when I realized that, that was pretty much my inflection point to look for change. And that's when I actually um, decided to transfer into mathematics. So it wasn't even uh, CS from there. That's actually what I graduated with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mathematics so I, I, I know you graduated with uh, math because I, I remember you um, asking me like, you know, or like you wanted to like transfer from math to CS. But I think at that later point, it just became super high demand um, back then. But I, I do remember, like, even while you were in math, you took, like, comp sci courses and stuff, right? And I, I remember you asking me a few questions, but I don't think I was, I don't think I gave you, like, a lot of insight about this specific area because I was also very, like, um, I didn't have, like, a lot of, like, knowledge in this area as well. But, yeah, what kind of drove you to take these comp sci courses and think a bit more about the whole technology space? Um, I mean, it's like uh, definitely a growing industry and um, aligning with how, why I went to chemistry and mathematics, it's all about the problem solving and 
developed logic mm-hmm. and I felt like um, the tech industry had a lot of the similar values in sort of problem solving. So it was like a pretty, I guess, like logical transition. They're just like problem solving. And the industry has a lot of demand for developers and software engineers. So it was kind of just where it flowed, where the money was and where the demand was. So, so you, do, do you do like research by yourself, like whether it's just through Reddit and stuff, or do you ask like, David Zhang or something like that, like or or, and also like, um, did you take like comps at one ten and stuff as more of like an elective just to like try it out? Um, because I do remember you did pretty well in like the early comp side classes, right? Because I think uh, at one point you TA'd a lot of like CS classes. Um, yeah, I mean like, uh, like I took I think one ten comp side one ten was like pretty much a prerequisite, mm-hmm. even in mathematics. Mm-hmm. So I had to take that, and I took the core comp side courses like uh, software engineering, um, data structures and algorithms, and the database course, mm-hmm. to which the database course actually TA'd. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, honestly, I feel like that's really all you need to be kind of like a software engineer, or at least, at least a back-end, back-end software engineer. Um, like, the networking course and what other courses are there like distributed systems i feel like is kind of in that those are more like specialized areas yeah specialized right? area like niche yeah um okay because i yeah. okay I, I remember like i i want to i want to bring up an interaction we had so i remember it was like during the summer um i i just got off a of class um and i saw you in the hallways of like you like one of the cs building and i remember we briefly caught up there and I remember, um, like, this was kind of like you, you were already, like, more or less in the whole math and CS space. And um, you were in the co-op program. No, sorry, this was before you were in the co-op program. Actually, I don't even think you did the co-op mm-hmm. program, to be honest, um, now I think about it. But I, I remember you said you were applying for jobs and uh, you got yeah. an interview at uh, SAP and you failed it because... You didn't even know how to like reverse a linked list or something like that. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I was actually in the chemistry co-op, okay. and uh, when I transitioned to math, I tried to get into pretty much the com- like math co-op. Yeah, but uh, at that time, like the uh, pretty much the math co-op was actually under CS, mm-hmm. so I had a lot of. Um, the same coordinators oh, yeah. as the CS coordinators. Yeah. So that was kind of like, I guess, a luck in itself. Mm-hmm. And somehow, like, I saw the SAP job and I pretty much, pretty much applied to it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I interviewed there, like, um, knowing like basic sort of CS stuff, just hoping I'd get it or something. Yeah. And they asked me some, like, um, uh, like, traversing sort of like a list and matching the elements yeah so something that would take like n square time okay. and i i couldn't even honestly i was so choked up that was my like first interview in anything yeah that i couldn't even like do a for loop it was like i was so yeah at that point i didn't even know java so i kind of hard choked that one yeah i, know, I didn't I, even know how to prepare so yeah. it was a big wake-up call 
I, I definitely, I mean, I, I definitely, like, you're, like, again, very new in this space, right? I think you're only taking, like, 110 or something back then, or, like, 121. Yeah, like, incredibly new. So, I don't know, that was a good wake-up call, I guess, and it was a good experience. And but, but during this transition time, like, I mean, you were also, like, you were talking with, like, one of our mutual friends, and you thought about joining the army, right, to, like, get paid, like, as a job. And then, again, you did, like, some part-time jobs over winter as well. Was this during around the same time? Um, that's actually way like two two years later, like I mean like I was I was pretty much in school for like six years, man. I, yeah, like, so so I mean like I was that, in there for a long ass time. That interaction we had, I remember, was the third year of summer. Like I, I remember very clearly, and this was like when you were like just transitioning in, because I I after that summer, um, I I went on co-op and then i moved to toronto for eight months and i remember when i was speaking to you online when i was in toronto uh that was when you told me uh you got into sap like you tried again you got into sap right mm-hmm. yeah. i mean like that was after like after i got rejected and then i think a lot of people have seen this video in the tech space but like how to get a job at the big four yeah. by like sean lee do you know do you know that video yeah, of course yeah that was, that was like super inspirational man i mean like uh from that like i found out some of the resources to look into and i think it was like crack the coding interview was the book i started with yeah and i couldn't even do any questions there but like i did a few and like even at sap when i did the interview like i didn't solve for the most optimal answer (laughs) they pretty much gave me the answer but they also gave me the the internship very fortunately so i don't know yeah, it was so, just a lot um, of luck in that part. Okay, we're gonna move into like more of like the juicy stuff because um, I think because I, I think this is where I think it kind of just took off for you, right? So, what was your experience like at SAP? Like from a um, um, like a working perspective, but also from a social perspective. Yeah, I I mean, like at this point, I've never done internship before, and like I had uh, pretty good knowledge at this point about some like basic software engineering skills because i've taken the second year software engineering courses mm-hmm. um but yeah like i didn't expect um i guess tech companies to be so flexible i guess or chill like in a, in a certain extent okay. yeah like uh, i expected like um you know them set expectations like you gotta work nine to five right this is your kind of lunch break and, and whatever mm-hmm. but um it was very surprising to see like you pretty much set your own hours and you set your own pace and kind of are open to uh, getting what you want done or getting not what you want done, I guess, <laughs> if you put it. And especially for the intern community at SAP, there were actually like probably at any time, there were probably like 150 like or so interns. Yeah. Yeah, co-op students. So there was a pretty big community to kind of uh, communicate and have fun with after work and like during work too. Yeah, because so, I, I think during that time is when you met like a lot of like my kind of like kind of friends just studying like, you know, first and second year CS space. And um, also, um, I, I guess like I want to ask a bit more like in terms of, so it's your first time kind of in like working in this space. Uh, was it after that internship where you were kind of like, I can see myself, you know, like, like doing well or like kind of enjoying this 
uh, type of work or space? Mm, I mean, like, I knew the industry as a general is kind of worth uh, one that you have to like keep learning, right? Yeah. And that was something I really valued. I just didn't want to, like, I don't have any big aspirations at that time, like to um, make it to like a big company very soon or like to become CEO of some startup. Mm -hmm. It was just, um, you know, having uh, like, a working brain yeah, and not no, growing like no, decrepit no, no. and just like <laughs> yeah that, that's, you know. that's fair and and also at <laughs> this uh at your internship at sap i mean there's there's a lot of like sayings from our friends who worked at sap that sap is like a breeding ground for relationships right and um at sap is actually when you started dating um kathy shout out to kathy um, yeah, how was like how was that experience like? Kind of just like like how did you guys first meet? I don't even think I've like actually asked you about that um specifically. Yeah. yeah. I mean like wrapping up your last question, I guess. I want to say that like uh pretty much SAP I guess like didn't solidify okay, um why I want to go into the tech industry. But um yeah, meeting Kathy was kind of interesting i guess like there's something called uh, rookie cookies uh every time that like a new hire joins yeah they usually bring like a treat to kind of uh, entice cool. everyone to go come to their tables and meet the people that's that are currently great. working that's, that's actually amazing. yeah yeah that, that was really cool i think like a lot of people have a, a lot of other companies around Vancouver have adopted it now but um that's how i kind of started meeting her but like she uh got very involved in managing sort of events that the interns uh went to mm -hmm. and so like i started seeing her i guess uh a lot more after that i knew kathy i guess from even high school like i knew of her she was uh she played a very active role at burnaby north actually yeah and um, I kind of knew her, like just knew of her by her just walk, being around a lot. Um, didn't think much of her, but uh, when she was SAP, she was like very social and very bright. And um, yeah, I guess that just caught my attention a lot. So yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, you guys are still going strong, dude. It's it's freaking amazing. It's been, uh, what has it been like two years and seven months? Yeah, so it's been it's been a while now. Dude, it's amazing, actually. Okay, so um, I mean, other stuff you were doing at SCB, I think you joined like um, the Dragon Ball team that my friend kind of organized. Uh, shout out to Clarence, he's a fantastic guy. Will yeah. also be on this podcast when he comes back soon um, from Vancouver to Seattle. Anyways, um, okay, so afterwards, you know, you were like, okay, uh, you're again still pursuing like the math CS space academically. And I think you were um, looking for your next internship, right? And I think uh, during this time, d like, did you want to, like, uh, I guess, push your limits or boundaries a bit? Because I, I remember speaking you, to you at this point as well. And uh, you, you were kind of thinking about stuff outside of Vancouver at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Like, halfway, I think, like, 
I was still like, um, at this point I, I was pretty much, I like, even halfway through the SAP internship, which was like eight months, I had like kind of uh, ambitions to get like a bigger role. I'm just seeing, I just saw that there was a lot of opportunities available in tech and seeing that how there are a lot of opportunities available, I think it'd just be like, um, like, why wouldn't you go out and grab those opportunities, right? And, you know, at like SAP, you're making like 20 something dollars Canadian an hour versus like having a job in America, an internship in America where you make like literally double that in USD. Yeah, like, no, like it's, it's there, there was like, there was no reason like not to strive for that. And it really positioned you really well to get a job after grad. So there was like literally no reason not to at least try to achieve one of these roles in sort of like a big tech firm in America. Yeah. And, and actually like, I want to, I want to point out one thing. Um, I, I would say like, uh, like I, I can completely relate to you. I think uh, another thing to add on to that process or to that thought process is that, you know, when you're in university, you know, sure, you know, you could get the highest grades, right? You know, you, you could be like the smartest guy in the room and stuff. But I do think what's the most important is consistently be aware of like the little hidden, like, like fruits and secrets in a specific industry. Like, I think like what carries you uh, or what makes you unique in a, or a, or what positions you for success is knowing a lot about how to get into a specific industry you like. You know, it's not about, it's not necessarily about like, you're the smartest guy in the room, but it's, it's about like how you can work your way around taking spe- like very specific shortcuts and very specific methodologies um, just by speaking with people and like reading Reddit and like, Know, cracking the coding and stuff like that of like how to position yourself to be uh, the right candidate and I, I think mean, like, I, yeah I totally totally agree with that yeah and I, I think like uh, I remember at this point you were living in Walter Gage you were living on campus and I remember speaking with you and uh, you were like oh dude I need to prepare for my LinkedIn interview <laughs> like like next week or something like that and I mean eventually you got uh, the internship offer right Mm-hmm. But I also remember I mean, you had some difficulties with your visa. Um, do you want to, like, <laughs> I guess, dive into that? I, I don't even know if you remember too clearly, but I, I remember this happened. Um, actually, like uh, the visa trouble was for the Amazon job. I, I'm not too sure. Like, uh... no, no, no. It was no. It was your like. I remember Sunny telling me. You were supposed to be in San Francisco, but it, they had problems with like your J one or J two or something like that. I remember. Maybe I was like delayed by. Yeah. Okay. I, no, I think a it was a little no. bit, but I actually don't even remember. Oh no, I, I remember why. It was like a memory passing. No, I remember why. It's because you did not have a full course load. I think oh yeah, that was like that was like a concern, but that never came into fruition. Like, oh, okay. it, it it never really affected anything. Like, okay. I thought that it would affect it, but like, no one really cared, so it was fine. Okay, cool. 
Um, okay, let's just fast forward to that summer then. So, uh, how was your experience at LinkedIn? Oh yeah, I mean like, um, I like even before like getting that internship, like I studied pretty damn hard for it. Like it was pretty much like all or nothing. You either get it or you don't. And I was just pretty much getting for uh, a role in America, and I didn't have like co-op or any backing for it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, eventually I got the role and yeah, I mean, man, it was like, it was amazing, man. It was like the promised land pretty much like free food, like LinkedIn's food is pretty, is amazing. It's like freaking five-star luxury buffet or something. Yeah. Uh, they have like steaks, scallops, like from what you um, told me, oysters, it, was, it was better than Facebook, right? Like, dude, it, it was better by far. Like Facebook has like, I don't know, fried rice or something, but LinkedIn, you would have like freaking um, freshly made whipped cream with fresh made pancakes <laughs> and like all you can eat raspberries and blackberries every morning. Yeah. And then you go in for lunch and you get like a freaking hanger steak or like, I don't know, roasted Dry duck. Cake. Yeah. yeah. It, it was like freaking bougie. Yeah. And, and I, I was like, the office so was impressed. amazing too, right? Um, I mean, like, I think the office, like any typical office, I think Facebook had a better office office because they had like an arcade or something, but uh, okay. it was, it was a pretty good campus still. There were like bikes around and like there were, there was actually like an arcade, a small arcade room too. How was, um, uh, how was kind of just meeting other interns and, and kind of like, um, like that social experience, like, because again, like, I think like for us to be like we, we come from like what random place in Canada and then you're kind of at like a top tech company in San Francisco which is like right next door to like Berkeley and like Stanford and stuff like how was kind of just meeting other people like Americans in general you know how, like do you still keep in touch with them uh, I remember you had like a roommate and stuff so yeah what was that experience like um yeah i think like uh a lot of people wanted to get return offers and do really well and that kind of just meant that you know they weren't as um open to hanging like after hours or after work hours because they like want to work and everything so uh you know it was sometimes hard getting to know people but there were people that were very like open and social and Mm -hmm. yeah i mean like not that like I keep in touch with them that often, but there were also people from Vancouver that also interned down at SF in the same time. And, you know, every, like every month or so we'd ho- host like a kind of big party on the rooftop, a barbecue party. And those were like some of the funnest times. Like you can't, you can't even imagine a sunset in San Francisco or California, man. It's freaking beautiful. Damn. That's, that's amazing. I, uh, yeah, I definitely miss out, but I, I've definitely heard stories from just like our mutual friends who also interned at SF. Um, I mean, you guys were still a bit far apart from each other, but you guys still made the effort to meet up, which is like amazing. I mean, th- there's Uber there. Uber was well established there. And yeah. yeah, I mean, like commuting wasn't too bad of a thing. Yeah, that's cool, man. So, I mean, honestly, like I remember, I remember um, being super happy about, you know, you... Um, 
kind of like going to LinkedIn and stuff. And I remember we caught up a bit afterwards and I was like, man, dude, like to your like insane, like, uh, in this area. And I think like afterwards, uh, you are essentially grinding for your full time, uh, offer, um, when you came back to school, right? Um, yeah, like pretty much. Um, I had like another, uh, like semester, actually no, a year and a half, but I still want to get ready and prep knowing that there's like so much left, uh, to know in data structures and algorithms and designer and everything. So I want to prepare early because a lot of the courses that I was going to learn wasn't going to, um, I guess, help my domain knowledge in CS and the career that I want to go into. Yeah, and I, I remember, um, like, just because I've actually talked to you more, like, during, like, this year and a half, um, I remember, like, your grind and your, like, determination and your, like, preparation was, like, actually insane. Like, you did so many legal questions, you, you did everything right, but... I believe you went through a lot of um, interviews where you couldn't really like pass that final round, right? And I, I like, were you ever kind of like brought down emotionally or like mentally during that process? Or do you know, like, as long as I keep this up, like something will come? Um, like, I'd say both. Um, funny you say that, like, uh, I started grinding, like, um, when after my LinkedIn internship, because I was pretty much grinding, um, like as my first internship ended, pretty much I was like, oh yeah, no, I, I mean, um, I, mean I, I knew learning, that, like, yeah. learning the data structures and algorithms, like, like all throughout that time, and even my time at LinkedIn, like, I knew that I didn't want to be in San Francisco after the internship ended, which is kind of why, like, um after work a lot, I actually uh, tried to study up my data, data structures and algorithms. Um, I mean, like, I think a lot of the persistence and hard work was kind of like a habit from my chemistry days. Like I spent a lot of hours studying and doing lab reports, which is kind of interesting enough that these skills are, I guess, like that mindset passed over, mm -hmm. like, I just remember back to my chemistry days, I was like, oh, wow, this like studying isn't nearly as bad as my chemistry days because I pretty much got like four hours of sleep. And, you know, this was like at least, you know, a kind of a scheduled um, over a period, over a long period of time kind of studying. So it was it was kind of chill and it was very discouraging to get a bunch of rejecting a bunch of rejections. Right. Like I already had a pretty good company on my resume, but getting those interviews and then getting rejected and then because I was in the final stages, right? That would mean um, I would have like a longer cool down, cool yeah, down yeah. time so period wait, like, before I had to interview yeah, again. To yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was like super discouraging. But at the same time, like every time I got rejected, I just like took what I could from my failures and tried to grow on it. And I knew like it was kind of like an like an asymptotic relationship, right? Like um, I'll keep learning and maybe I'll fail, but as long as I keep trying to reach out for it, it like my errors will kind of reach zero, right? Like 
No, well, that, at least approach, that's actually right? like an amazing mindset. Like I, I mean, like I, I completely agree with that. And I think like you know, obviously, like I've had like a bunch of rejections and stuff as well. But um, yeah, I I agree with that mindset. I just think like you are just so much better at um, managing that than most people. I I think like, um, and, which is why I'm like super happy. Um, you know, to see where you are now, and the fact like you could just achieve like so much more if you wanted to. Like I remember, yeah. So I I would say like around this time. Um, I mean, like we, we've been like talking quite a bit, and yeah, eventually we kind of just all graduated um, university around the same time, right? Which was like I think a year and a half ago, and even after that, you um, took on like an internship at Vizier. And I would still like keep up with you mm-hmm. and talk with you at this point, but yeah, it was actually during that um, summer internship where you know you landed your Amazon offer, but obviously there was some immigration stuff that delayed it. <laughs> um, so what was that like? I mean, like um, the reason why I'm kind of like speeding up this area is because I want to make sure I give you a bit of time to mm-hmm. talk about the future. But essentially, yeah, you. Um, had some visa issues that kind of delayed you around three to four months from starting. So you kind of had like a, a breathing room and I think uh, you like made the most out of that breathing room. I think, I think you tried to start like a online business, right. Um, that you told me about. So was that mm-hmm. because you just had like so much free time? I mean, like, I'm, uh, I mean, like I'm always looking uh, for opportunities to sort of in other ways to make money. Right. Like, yeah. It's like you said, right? Like, uh, I don't know about shortcuts or anything, but I feel like there is a lot a lot of opportunities out there, especially in this digital age where uh, so much information and resources and networking is available online. And that, you know, like if you can get like, I don't know, if you can get a million dollars from finding some sort of like cool niche or business, like it'd be, it'd be cool, right? That'd set you up for, I don't know, a little bit. Yeah, and, and I mean uh, that, that means you'll kind of like uh, free up some time so you could do stuff like you actually want or something like that, right? Stuff like that. Yeah. So I mean, like, uh, I I think like looking out for opportunities is good, but like, I don't know. Uh, downtime, like, yes, I guess, like, um, my whole studying, like, uh, grinding, kind of the code, uh, data structures and algorithm kind of hustle was kind of a downtime like I grinded at it kind of hard but also like I knew that like I would face failures but also that you know all I need was one company to say yes right yeah and I, I think that's like the, the most important part it's like you can have like a thousand inter- like applications interviews and stuff you just need one answer you know what I mean yeah I mean like you you got a freaking like tons of offers but like I knew that like all I needed was one, right? Like that's that's fine. Like there's a lot of a lot of other people smarter than me, and they'll achieve it probably like years or months faster. But it's fine to go at your own pace. And I mean, like, yeah, yeah. So um, so during this time, you you again really had like a lot of free time to just chill, kind of more pursue your hobbies and stuff. Um, you went to Bali um, on a whim, you know, with your girlfriend. That looked pretty fun. I got super jealous looking at Kathy's IG stories. 
um and then yeah you actually came to visit me in toronto like my first visitor which i was like super grateful yeah. to have oh you really i was your first visitor oh my well, god from i mean first of all i was uh i was only in toronto for like six months so yo true like yo thanks for fair, having me man yeah, i mean to be fair it was like not like a long time um yeah and yeah you, you came over we caught up a lot during this time i tried to show you around um you know we went to like niagara falls you know this was when yeah that were, was super fun yeah we, we like i guess updated a lot about like kind of more on like the deeper side of things like we talked a bit about like kind of um our mindset you know how our mindset changed over the years uh you know you uh like you you as a person you are very like knowledgeable in very specific areas um and again this kind of relates to kind of looking for these like little hidden nuggets in life right whether it's like reading red red and stuff um and you you know mentioned the whole like fire philosophy and stuff and um you're yeah again like you just love to read as a as a person we had very interesting stories or uh conversations um during this time but yeah like you also came to visit me when i i remember i I was saying i'm like why are you coming to visit me like i uh I'm literally going to move back to Vancouver in like two weeks <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, this is like yeah. after like my offer. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to see you in Seattle after that. <laughs> but you helped me a lot during this time because uh, hearing like some of your stories, I became a, a bit stressed about immigration and stuff. But um, fortunately, like I would, uh, yeah, you helped me throughout that process, which I was like super grateful for. And um uh, yeah, that's where we are today, which was essentially, we came down to Seattle, worked at the same company, literally around the same time, I think like two weeks apart. I think your start date was like um, a week and a half or two weeks before mine. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, and we like literally live five to six blocks away from each other again. Um, <laughs> so crazy. So um, yeah, I, I want to, I guess, give like the last 10 minutes-ish to... Um, ask you a bit about kind of how you're feeling right now. So, um, you know, like, like what's next for you um, in relation to this? Do you think you're, you want to continue uh, pursuing opportunities in the States? Um, do you want to move back to Vancouver eventually? Or, or it's like, what's your next step? Not, not in terms of like career wise, but like also life, like, um, is your next step like naturally saving up to buy property, um, stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, like, it, like, yeah, I think um, we have like a couple friends that are like into real estate, right? Like, especially Stephen, and yeah, I think that is kind of what I'm leaning towards right now, and I am saving up for sort of like my first real estate property. And mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. Um, in terms of where I kind of want to be, like, I think the money in America is a little difficult to kind of give up. Like, considering like the same role in Vancouver would pay less than like half yeah. um, the amount in America. Yeah. So, like, I'm definitely opening my eyes to any opportunities in the future, where whether that's in tech or any other field and yeah i'm kind of just like hopeful and open-minded to any industries and yeah i'm currently 
in software engineering and currently in tech, but who knows, man, I'm just learning as much as I can and, you know, try and try my best, try my best on my job. And yeah, I, I'm just hopeful, hopeful for the future. Um, do you, do you think like, uh, I don't know, have you kind of thought about like, kind of like more of like, uh, find stuff like, oh, maybe I'll treat myself to like a trip to Japan again. Cause I think you went <laughs> with the uh, sunny and, and someone else back then, um, a few years ago, but yeah, like, um, or yeah, I, I guess like, like this relates to, I think a lot of the conversation we had uh, in Toronto where, you know, like, um, to a certain extent, right. Yeah. You, you should enjoy um, kind of like what you do in terms of career wise, but just as a human being, you should never be, um, I think like if you really want to be something, you need to explore multiple different types of avenues. Right. I mean, yeah, whether, whether it's like, I mean, not just from a like money perspective or like a financial stability perspective, but just like in terms of like life and hobbies as well. Like I think the more dynamic you are, um, especially building out a foundation, the more flexible and like diverse you can be just as a human being. Um, just like, yeah, totally. like, a lot of aspects in life, right? Um, like, I, I mean, like one of our goals might be to see how we can maximize our passive income over the years so we could potentially focus on other stuff uh, we want to in mm-hmm. life, whether it's like raising a family, stuff like that. Um, and I, I think you adopt a lot of this mindset. I think you constantly question, like as a human being, like you constantly question, like, hmm, if I try to sell random stuff I bought from China for a very high price here, maybe that that's the, that's it. Maybe it's just as simple as that, right? And you kind of tried it out, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I think the process you call it is like drop shipping, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I'm like pretty familiar with that stuff as well. I've never done it to your extent, but yeah, um, and yeah, it's I mean if it fails, it fails. You just tried it; it didn't really take that much time from you. So you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I guess I'll I'll wrap it up a bit, dude. I I actually like love you know always hanging out and like talking with you. I think we go pretty deep and stuff. And again, I want to preface this like. I've known you since 2007 and to like watch you grow, like just from like a, like a friend's perspective, like it's just insane how far like you've kind of came and stuff and that you're still constantly having that type of like tenacious mindset to like try to improve yourself, but in a very like methodological, like back to the basics type of manner. You know what I mean? And I, I do remember like the times where, you know, uh, like grade 12 high school up until like, yeah, first year, you were still like very unsure about, uh, you know, just whether like what direction you want to take career wise. But again, because of like your like grit and stuff, like you've like landed in a very, very comfortable area. And uh, yeah, it's always like, I always like love hanging with you. I remember like, like to, to the people that you should see, Leslie's apartment in Seattle, dude, it is fucking amazing, man. You can see like the ocean <laughs> view, like the Ferris wheel. Oh my god! <laughs> you, can, you, can so the, you can see the parking lot. <laughs> you can see the parking lot. Okay, that's well, about it. <laughs> well, that's that's your actual. Well, yeah, but the rooftop. <laughs> again, 
Kathy, yo, my super rooftop. lucky, man. Shout yo, out to one Kathy. Day, one day. I'm going to share this with Kathy, by the way. I think she'll be Oh, like, please, no. She'll, she'll, I think she'll enjoy <laughs> listening to this um, to some extent. Um, another thing about Leslie, this guy's a huge, uh, well, weeb or like otaku. Loves oh, yeah. watching anime. And honestly, I consider this guy the original haiku. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh my god yeah, that's that's very humbling man those those are some humbling words yeah so i, I guess to end this off um do you want to like plug your social media do you have any like fin- final remarks um you want to share with our friend group stuff like that oh yeah um to whoever's who's still listening how long has it been now it's like, like an hour and 20 two, minutes hour and 20 minutes is a whole hour and 20 minutes wow thank you uh i didn't know my life was that interesting but Wow. <laughs> um, my Instagram is JLXSX. If you aren't already following it, please follow it. DM me. Let's chat. Let's have a long chat and yeah. talk about our lives. And Dude, this guy, yeah. he will give you all the inside secrets to how to live a fire lifestyle, how to literally crack the code. Because, like, oh, no, no, no. again, this guy's way smarter than like I will ever be because of just how strong his like study mindset is i'm i'm a very <laughs> no i, 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 I have, figure all that stuff man don't I have like, don't ask me about that stuff just let's just talk about chill things man yeah no that's talk about the, the waves the weather <laughs> hit him up on a league of legends jack or jilly man yo i'm i'm gold four <laughs> uh, you can ask me for uh uh diana lessons that's about it oh yeah dude this guy's amazing at diana oh my god just watching yeah anyways uh, yeah, I, we're going to end off uh, episode four. Thank you so much, Leslie, for being on this. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks.